we welcome you to episode seven of Batten and Chatten on the Eastern Observer alongside Nicholas File and Dennis Tui, and I'm Brandon Natale. Before we get started, please hit the subscribe button on YouTube to be kept in the loop on everything Eastern Observer and most importantly, Batten and Chatten. Um, our show could, could be found on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and whatever else podcasts can be found. First off, fellas, how y'all doing today? Doing pretty good, Brandon. Doing pretty good, man. Um, kind of just suffering from a uh, slight depression from the Yankee game last night. Uh, losing to yeah. the Oakland Athletics. But we'll get into that in a little bit. But I'm doing good, man. That's good to hear, Dennis. Doing all right. Doing all right. I was off from work today, so I hopped on MLB The Show before today's episode. Relaxing a little bit. You know, just chilling out, man. Just nice. laughing at it. That's good to hear. Obviously, um, time is definitely different from what, when we usually record the show. Yeah. Um, you know. And, uh, yeah, so just excited. There's a lot going on in the baseball world. Uh, not a lot of good for my Mets, but, you know, we're going to dive into that soon. You know, but other teams like the Marlins and the Reds are on the rise. Some players making history. Shohei Otani, he always does. I mean, as the unicorn, he's always making history. But He's on what, That's why I'm wearing know. the jersey. There you go. Good. Japan jersey. Yeah. I just got this Mike Piazza. You know, oh, happy, happy, birthday. happy birthday. Happy Thank birthday. Happy, Thank happy you. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for the wishes yesterday. And thank you guys for now. Uh, right now. And uh, yeah. Definitely a great ber- a birthday. It's my Jordan year. Spent with some good people. You know, family, friends. I worked in the morning too. So I mean, you know, money has to come no matter what day. You know, whether it's money Christmas or your birthday money don't stop but uh but yeah so anyways now uh let's dive right into the local teams now the mets could they be sellers that's the question that is going around now because as the trade you know it's almost going to be august july is that kind of month where teams are going to decide to trade you know decide who they're going to trade they're going to but not also that they're going to be deciding are they contenders or are they selling for the future we shall see. So the reason why I ask, could the Mets be sellers? Is as recently they traded away infielder Water Escobar to the Los Angeles Angels for two minor league pitchers. Now I've heard that they're supposed to be key starters for the future. We shall see. But uh, what did you guys make out of the Water Escobar trade? In, in my thoughts, um, I thought it was a shock. I thought it was kind of random. I know they had Francisco Lindor mic'd up uh, before. You know, while in while he just reacted to the trade, because he was there on Apple TV, because you know how obviously Friday nights they have like Apple TV has them on for some games. Um, I thought it was crazy. I would have kept him. I was not high on him in the beginning of the year, but to see the improvement that he made, and he was still he was still a great infielder, a veteran. You know, like definitely defensive presence, great locker room presence. You know, Brett when Brett Brady came up, uh, Brett Beatty, he came. You know, when he came up to the league. You know, and he basically took over his spot at third base. That's where I was like, good for the kid, you know? And that's why he's so liked around the majors, that great locker room presence. And his bat was, you know, dread, you know, dreadly awful. It was dreadful at the plate at the beginning of the year. And then somehow it just magically picked up to where he became like, you know, at least a 230, but then he became a 240 and almost to there. So, um, you know, good for him and the Angels. And um, as they're looking good right now, but we're going to into that later. But, fellas, did you think the Eduardo Escobar trade made sense for the Mets? Um, I mean, personally, I think it made sense for the Mets. Um, you know, 
their record shows it in itself. I mean, I don't want to say they're going to go all out and just sell. I don't think this is an indicator that, oh, if they're selling now, this is time to panic. You know, Steve Cohen, he wants to put the best the best out there always. But I'm not surprised by this trade because the Mets do need to, you know, start to bolster up their farm system a little bit. I think it was a good move. It's like you said, you got Brett Beatty now at third base. You got some young kids going up in the uh, infield positions. Um, trade doesn't surprise me too much, but I mean, it could be, you know, the first stepping stone for the Mets is, uh, you know, their playbook for the rest of the year, see if they trade. But I, I think it's a good move for the Mets at the end of the day. He's an agent infielder. You know, you got Brett Beatty on the rise, bolster up the farm system. I think it's a good move for him. Hmm. I think they kind of had to do it. Um, as Nick alluded to, Brett Beatty, he's your third baseman of the future. Jeff McNeil, that's your second baseman. Lindor is your shortstop. You have Canna, you have Nemo, you have Marte. I'm not really sure where Escobar would have fit in for them. Maybe you'd use him as a DH, but you have Francisco Alvarez there. Navarez is back. I totally butchered his last name. We'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, not only that, but y- you got you got two assets back. So if you want to, you know, be a buyer at the deadline, now you just got two more assets, and that's kind of mm. what stands out to me. And also, let's be honest: if these guys got called up this season, uh, look, I don't know how good they are or not or aren't, but the Mets' pitching has been bad. That's why they're in this predicament to begin with, right? They don't have guys coming up the pipeline. I could turn to Ronnie Mauricio, who's coming up the pipeline for them as an infielder. Who's their pitcher? Right? Because they didn't – they controversially, they didn't drift Kamar Rocker two years ago. So they don't have a pitcher coming up the pipeline. And if I'm the Mets and I'm looking at the Braves, the Braves' championship window is 15 years right now. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's, you that's know, sad like if I'm looking at the Marlins, yeah. we're going to get into it later on, but Yuri Perez is 20 years old. He's got a sub to ERA across nine starts, 47 innings. You you got to – this is baseball. It's different than the NBA. It's different than the NFL. You kind of have to be half in, half out because of the minor league system. I thought it was a good move. You got to do what you got to do. I think that there's bigger concerns than Eduardo Escobar's play and their farm system at the moment. I think interestingly, and I know we'll get to it, Max Scherzer saying he would be willing to waive his no trade clause. You know, a lot of GMs in the league just kind of pick their head up. Yeah. yeah I know Max Scherzer definitely, um, you know, it's unfortunate because, yeah, speaking of Max, you know, that adds on to the question since he decided he was kind of came out that he would waive his no trade clause if it came to getting traded to a contender during, you know, cause Max Scherzer, he is the competitive, probably one of the most competitive players in, in baseball. I mean, we've seen it in the past. We've seen it this year, you know, when he was yelling at the umpires for, against, you know, getting ejected against the Dodgers. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, that adds on to the question of, of are they going to be sellers? Like if the Mets keep falling off to that? Yeah. I mean, we shall see. I definitely could see it trading Mac, Max Scherzer. Cause, yeah, I mean, I, I think Scherzer said, you know, it depends on the vibe of the team, something along those lines, like how he's feeling about the clubhouse and stuff. 
So I really think these next few weeks, that's what's really going to determine. I think the Yankees kind of the same boat, you know, of whether or not, you know, determine they're going to be, not sellers or buyers potentially, but they're even going to buy at the deadline. So, I mean, we'll see what, we'll see what Scherzer feels and like how he does. I mean, a lot of teams could definitely use them that are in the hunt, you know, like I think the angels, the first one comes to mind, you know, if they're the Mets and angels could possibly make another trade down the line, maybe Texas starting pitching for sure. Texas Rangers, you know, they lost the Grom. So it's going to be interesting. I'm, there's a lot of teams that are going to use them. Anyone can use them. And a playoff spot could he go back sure. to the, the Dodgers or maybe the Astros could look at him? I wouldn't do that if I was the Dodgers. Nah, uh, I mean, we shall see. It's going to be interesting. You never know. It's going to be interesting July slash August. Well, beginning of August, you know. Yeah. yeah. I don't really know. I get he said it. Um, To be honest, I, I'm not sure what provoked it. Right, yeah. I don't but know if it was like a, a reporter the, uh, that asked it. Just looking at like the standings and whatnot, like it's been such a chaotic season. I don't really know what teams are all in or all aren't. Yeah. Like if Max Scherzer all right, so I'm just looking at the central divisions, right? So the White Sox are in fourth place, they're five and a half games out of first. Scherzer can make an impact on that team. For sure. That's fourth place. So we could do the same for third, second, or first. If he was on the Mariners that are, you know, two games below five hundred, that's a big that's a big move for them. Yeah. Same thing with the NL Central. Like there's certain regions, uh certain divisions rather, that if you get Max Scherzer, that's a huge impact. So I don't know which teams are buyers and sellers, and I think that's kind of what the Mets are going to have to judge this year, especially with the six team playoff format. Now, dude, it's, that's a game changer. That is a game changer. Remember what people were saying about the Phillies this time last year, they went to the world series. Like that's, that's hard for the Mets to judge. I think, you know, it's not just like where does Scherzer fit in or, can we move him? Obviously, you can move him. He's Max freaking Scherzer. Somebody's <laughs> going to want him. But they're going to have to kind of see what's up for the rest of the uh, first half of the season up until the trade deadline. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know what what's next for them. I wouldn't be surprised if he got traded. I just don't know what else they would do with that roster. Who else would go? Would you move on from Brandon Nemo? Like I was talking about it with one of my coworkers yesterday. I think that's their most really? movable asset. He's young. Can't move on for a few up. years. They just signed a twenty-year deal. Great, and you know what another GM will say? Now I have control over him. That's exactly what the Mets would say too. You have control right. over him, so give me more assets. What about uh, Verlander? Yeah, he would. He would he's probably. Not I, Met. I'm he's not, not a long time yet. Like the, that's the kind of questions these GMs have, and. You bet your bottom dollar that's what they're going to have with Steve Cohen, quite literally. Right. I think it's definitely uh, – I mean, I was talking about today my buddies at work. Like, I don't – he could be moved this this season. It's definitely not a possi- – it's definitely a possibility. I think it's too it, – it just kind of sucks because, like, they just signed him this offseason. He was supposed to be, like, the replacement for the Grom, like the pitcher yeah. to help them, you know, can still contend in the NL East. And that just hasn't been the case, you know. And now, it's not, you know – 
What, what's if I if I remember correctly, Verlander's deal was what one year or two years? It was two years. Two year deal. Two years. I two years eighty five million. I mean, if I think if Scherzer goes, I think Verlander's got to go too. At, at that point, I think. And that's two, okay. You know, I mean, I if, think if, two feet yeah. in at that point. I mean, it would be uh, bad if the Mets didn't sell because, like, say at the end of the year they're seventy nine and eighty three or eighty. You know. Or they're they're eighty one and eighty one, you know, just example. Yeah. And the players are still here, like Verlander, Scherzer, say Nimmo. Even though Nimmo's not even, I'm gonna leave Nimmo off the table. Nimmo ain't gone, in my opinion. But hey, I ain't the GM. I ain't Billy Upler. It would be an ultimate loss for the Mets because like they need to build up the farm system. It's not gonna lie. It's they need the pitching. So say someone goes down, you you want to call someone up. So you know, the, it's definitely the Mets should be sellers, in, in my my opinion. And whether it's trading Verlander, trading Scherzer, at least those two pitchers, I'm all for it. It's just gonna suck because that that's just, yeah. yeah. But that's the business. No, for sure. I mean, like, because I remember, you know, back in March, in like uh, February, I was like, you know, when I knew Verlander and Scherzer on the team, I had this team. I had the Mets as like World Series contender, you know, NLCS, you know, minimum. <laughs> that's kind of what I had at. So it definitely does suck for Mets fans. Uh, I don't know. It, uh, these next few weeks is really going to tell the story. It's really going to tell the narrative. But yeah, right. I mean, Verlander's uh, Scherzer's gone. I think Verlander's going right with him somewhere, a different team. You know, you got you to get all the assets you can. I think what's been most concerning for the Mets from a non-Mets fan perspective is they're not bad at any, like at anything. They're not bad. They're not great at anything either, and that's the worst spot to be because are you going to get more of the same mediocrity for the rest of the season, or are you going to bet on the back of the trading cards with a lot of these guys and say, we'll figure it out? That's the rough spot to be in. Nothing really jumps out at me. One thing that jumped out at me was the pitch count of all their pitchers is ridiculous through yeah. five, six innings, and that you can't win that way. So I don't know. They, it seems like every time I turn the Mets game on, there's a different catcher back there. I don't know if it's a problem with game calling. I don't know if it's a problem with strategy. I don't know if it's a problem with the pitching coach, like the st- that side of the pitching staff, the the administrative side of it. I don't know. But it seems like that's kind of been the, the issue for the past couple of years, even when they had DeGrom. It was like, hey, can you guys not throw 100 pitches through five innings? 29 other teams can figure it out, not you. That's kind of the problem that I've seen. That's the one major issue. Because the bullpen is bad as it's been. Like, I was looking at the ERAs and whatnot. I'm like, dude, they're not half as bad as I thought. Just looking no. at the stats. Then look at the lineup. I'm like, dude, a lot of these guys aren't half as bad as I thought either. And that's that's scary. Because you're going to have to diagnose it if you're the Mets front office. And that's that's a rough spot to be in. I don't think the bullpen is deep enough, just as it is. I've been saying that the whole time. I'm, I'm not going to get into it again. Yeah. But I kind of I kind of went in on them, and I, I think I summed it up well in my latest article, which was about the Phillies-Mets series. I said the Mets needed to win this series. There are plenty of games left in the regular season, but there are a few signs that indicate they will be turning things around. The Phillies had zero pressure going into this homestand. They're a good team, and while they do have their issues, like defensive lapses and a lack of a dominant ace, they continue to overcome them, not get bogged down in a quagmire, and which themselves, they themselves constructed like the Mets. Hmm. 
You know, the as Phillies a fan, keep overcoming. The, Phil- the Marlins keep overcoming. These teams ahead of them keep finding a way. The Reds were dead in the water. They overcame. They're finding a way. The Mets aren't. And I yep. still don't think they're the most disappointing team in the league. The Cardinals are saying, thank God for the Mets right now. That team, you want to talk about a dumpster <laughs> fire? Sweet Christmas, they suck. Yeah, um, no, they're horrible. You know, you know, <laughs> the Mets wow. on the other okay. hand. Okay, all right. You know, thank, thank you, like, Nick. You know, I was, I was, <laughs> was going to say, well said, Dennis. Well said, Dennis, but damn, Nick. And Nick just said it straight to the, state, straight to the point. <laughs> uh, all right, well. As the Mets continue their dumpster fire, let's see about the uh, the other. Man, I don't think they're a dumpster fire. I think the Cardinals. The Cardinals are a dumpster fire. Oh my That's god! Fine. But the Mets, but the Mets are them. definitely the Mets are definitely there. It's it's how, how can you not? And it, you know when S and Y shows Frank the Tank, that's when you know that the Mets. Are, um, they, they also showed, you know, nothing against Frank the Tank, but you could see the Mets still have time to figure it out. But time is ticking. It's it's getting see, there. You can see the pain in Frank the Tank's face as he screams more at the Mets. Even the Mets dugout can hear him. Um, either way, so now let's take a look at the crosstown rival, you know, the New York Yankees. Billy McKinney, he's gaining a lot of attention in the Bronx. This, this man is becoming another, you know, Yankee fan favorite in the bleacher section. Yeah, I'm, um, what has he done to turn the head, you know, turn heads around in the Bronx to make him now known as one of the most significant players on the team right now. Know how to hit. <laughs> Gets on base. <laughs> yeah, knows how to hit. Gets on base. Yeah. I mean, like, dude, look at the average. Look at the average of the rest of this team, man. Yeah. You know, Stan LeMay, you look at all these guys. You know, Billy McKinney, he's just kind of like a refreshment out there for Yankee fans and the Yankees alone. I mean, I feel like every time, you know, the Yankees score a run, it's because of Billy and the King. He's either hitting a home run clutch double or he's just he's knocking in rbi he's getting base knocks um he's he was the judge replacement and i mean he's filled that void to an extent you know he's not judge obviously but like he's been the yankees best hitter for like near a month now i mean god if it wasn't for this guy i couldn't picture anybody else really there i mean the rest of the lineup's been a kind of a dark hole i mean volpe's been kind of hot since his new swing but like and rizzo's kind of getting back there too but the rest of the line is just kind of it's just it's just sad. But Billy McKinney keeps them in games, helps backs up the pitching. The pitching's what is making the Yankees win games to begin with. I'm even surprised we have an AL wild card spot still. Um, but Billy McKinney, if it wasn't for him, give him his flowers. He's been great. He's been great for the Yankees. There you go. We will dive into yeah. the wild card spot and the Volpe later on. Yes, but yes, Dennis, what do you got to say? Um. I feel like he's played a lot more than 17 games at this point. He's got yeah. a 140 OPS plus, 10 strikeouts, 281 batting average, only four home runs and seven RBIs. But all four of those home runs are backbreaking home runs, and all seven of those RBIs are backbreaking RBIs for the other team. <laughs> and that's yep. situational hitting, man. You know, this whole – I'm looking at it in the macro sense – where when it comes down to the playoffs and whatnot, if Billy McKinney's off the bench for some whatever reason, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Yeah. You know, as much as these front offices and analytics want to say, you know, you can only control wins throughout the season, then in the playoffs it's a crapshoot. It's really not the case. Look at Houston. Look at the guys the Phillies ran out there last year, you know, like real names. And – um 
you, you know, too, the, the Yankees have just tried to plug and play so many guys. Just like, hey, throw him in the outfield. He'll figure it out. It's like, yeah. oh, wait, we actually got somebody who's a legitimate outfielder, knows how to hit, has been a journeyman throughout, throughout most of his career. He's so learned stuff and is actually serviceable. Yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> and like, yeah. um, I, hey, man, I like what he's doing. We'll see what he can continue to do. I don't know what's going to happen later on. You know, I, when Judge comes back, I don't know what's going on with Greg Allen. Would he replace um, Billy McKinney? I don't. Is Franchi Cordero even still on the major league roster? He's. It says he's on the seven day IL, but I, yeah, I don't know, I man. Think, yeah, I mean, you know, Judge has no timetable right now to return. I mean, you just gotta keep rolling, McKinney. I mean, you know, he's been the best hitter. Yankees are in the hunt. I mean, not not even in the hunt. You know, they have a spot. I mean. I hate to say it. it's like they just got to keep doing what they're doing. He's the best hitter. Keep rolling him out there. Um, and you know, like you said, I mean, once Judge does come back, and let's say the Yankees offense finally heats up, they figure out how to hit the ball. Uh, you know, get him off the bench, have Judge back. Could be a huge addition. You know, could be a good uh, defensive replacement too. Who knows? But I, I love the guy. He's been great. Got to keep rolling him out there. Yeah. All right, and uh, the Yankees, they've been off to uh, sort of a slump, not as bad as the Mets slump, <laughs> but the Thank Yankees God, have they now been four and six in the last 10 games. And I do ask, like, is it time to panic about, you know, potentially not getting the wild cards, world, that wild card spot or in the, or the Yankees in a good spot right now where they don't have to push the panic button? I don't think we need to push the panic button, but we're definitely not in a ideal, comfortable spot stands-wise. Because look, I mean, look at the wild card stands in the American League. Toronto's been riding the Yankees' butts all season long. You know, the Yankees have been in a stagnant third place in the American League East. Toronto's a half game back. Houston, it's Houston. You know, Houston finds ways to win despite them being cold right now. They're only one game out. Boston, I mean, look. If, like we said about Scherzer, I mean, look, if one of these teams makes a move, you know, it's going to be a whole different story. Boston could get, could get hot. Uh, Cleveland's up there. You know, they've been pretty solid as of late, 6-4. and four. Seattle's no joke either. The Yankees can't beat the A's, so it's pretty much anyone's game for this wild card spot. I mean, definitely not a comfortable spot. Would I say panic? No, because I do think we have a good team. I, I don't think that Rizzo, Stanton, LeMayu are going to be horrible – the rest of the season like this. I if it is, then I I'm just gonna question my whole knowledge of baseball right there. I think something's gotta give eventually. The pitching's been great. Clark Schmidt's been phenomenal the last month or so. He has like a sub two ERA in his last five or six starts. Um Garrett Cole's Garrett Cole. He does his thing. Severino kind of bounced back against Texas, the game I went to. I wouldn't panic, but something's gotta change, whether it's you know hitting coach, whatever, or making a move of the deadline. It's just not – it's, it's not an ideal spot for the Yankees. They got to they gotta step up. And you can't beat teams like Oakland A's or the St. Louis Cardinals next series. Uh, I don't have to tell you. Then I'll start panicking if we lose this series and the St. Louis series. Then I'll start panicking, depending on how the standings go. 
I think they got to panic, and here's why. They're not really still in the playoff hunt. It's still in the a playoff spot through their own merit. I had the wild card standings up. So the last, ele- what, 12 teams in the, the American League, right? And only out of those 12, one, two, three of those have won their last game. Um, one, yeah, one, one. Literally one of those teams is above 500 in their last 10, and that's the Guardians. So it's not that they're, you know, finding ways to win and, and scraping out victories. It's like, no, actually everybody around them just kind of sucks just as much as they do right now. That's unsustainable. Yeah. And, I mean, we'll see. I know what they're going to say. Well, we Rodon hasn't pitched yet. Judge is still hurt, even though we don't know when they're coming back. You know this, that, the other. Come on, you got to find you got to find some solution here. I don't know what it is, but the offense. This isn't an isolated incident. It's been like this for years. Come on, dude. And I, you know who I feel bad for. I feel bad for what Josh Donaldson, bro. You have no business being on this team. I feel bad for you. I know. I know. I'm I not was... trying to hate on him. I'm not trying to hate on him. But bro, he's got to like. Dude, you know I what I mean. Like, I feel bad yeah. for him because it's like it's like how it was with Aaron Hicks. Yeah, it was, it's it's always a scapegoat. It was pitiful. Like, come on. I was watching yeah. the game last night, and they were they showed a stat, um, the Yes Network that Josh Donaldson because I wa- I saw the home run, his solo home run, the only run that they had the Yankees against the Athletics, and. Um, it showed that he only had nine hits total of the season, but he has seven home runs. So most, most, it's either home run or that's it. Donaldson, go big or go home, bro. But now, uh, um, <laughs> I mean, look, I agree. Donald Donaldson's not the answer for this team at all. Uh, I don't know why the Yankees just. I know they wanted to ju- justify that trade they made, but it's like this guy isn't in the future plans at all for this team. Should not be. But I mean, it's just tough, man. I mean. You know, Rodon might have his first start July 5th. That's what they're saying. Somewhat when he comes back. But, and again, with Judge, Judge is a huge question mark right now. You know, he's got a torn ligament in his toe. You know, and you're a baseball player. You need your toe to run. So, that's not good news for Judge and Yankee fans. But, yeah, Donaldson, man, he's got to go. Guy just loves pimping home runs. That's it. He's satisfied at that. But, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, son's got to give with the Yankees, but if they if they drop this series versus the Athletics and the Cardinals, the two worst teams in baseball, God, then yeah, it's time to hit the panic, the big panic red button, man. It's time to, I don't know. Now, I, I, do I, have I, to I don't ask. think this team's gonna win the World Series to begin with, but sheesh, just to hang out to a wild card spot, it's it's ridiculous. Hey, you never know. Anything anything could happen yeah. in the game of baseball. You just yeah, don't know. I do gotta ask. Like, is a different animal. Is Judge coming back though this year? Like they Boone said there wasn't I think, a time. I think but he should Judge is hopefully keep us here. I think okay. he should come back this year. It's just a matter of when. And you know, if it's a late August or August or whatever, I mean Yankees yeah, gotta pick it up now. They you got you gotta pick it up now. That's it. Gotcha, gotcha. Dennis, anything you want to add on before we move on? I would just cut Donaldson like they did it with Aaron Hicks. 
I, I know, like, listen, if I, I I can never be a general manager of a sports team because I'm way too chaotic for it. I get it. Yeah. Like, I, like a bad contract. Oh well, we can't get anything return. For, forget him. Got yeah. bye. See ya. When here's game, your pink bro. slip, dude. That's how I'd be with Donaldson. Just like, if, obviously they're trying to trade this guy. Obviously they held on to him throughout the off season so they could increase his trade value. Just cut him. Just yeah. cut him. You're gonna, if, you're, if you're going to trade him, ass. you're going to have to give up assets. No teams are going to solve your problem. Nah, I no. mean, shoot. If I knew <laughs> that the Mets were shopping around Eduardo Escobar, nah. you know what I mean? Like, right. I'd be looking into it. And like, the thing what is, making, right. what's, what's the only trade they can make? Him for Anthony Rendon <laughs> straight up, who has a worse contract? I know, no. hard to believe. Right. At least. <laughs> When you look Come at the, when you look at the Mets side, um, obviously the difference between back then with the Wolpons and Steve Cohen now is that the Mets, when they had a bad contract, they, they had to you know they had to suck it up and had to just pay him for the you know at that time you know they didn't have the money to buy him out. Now with Steve Cohen, you look back then with Robinson Cano when that contract was happening, they they just they was like all right you know he's not he's not if they're not performing they just Steve Cohen says all right we'll let you go you know they pay them out yeah. and they're designated for a sign you know designated for assignment. Top of Robinson Cano. We thought it was going to happen to Escobar, but it didn't happen. So um, getting back to the Mets quick before we move on to the majors. Um, so Steve Cohen did today. He tweeted out yesterday that he was going to have a press conference. He said, you're going to hear straight from me. And so just reading off what um, on Bleach Report, what they just said, um, it shows S-Y because said, you know, they retweeted out what he's saying. Um, Steve Cohen said that it's been incredibly frustrating and hopefully we can – Right the ship. And he says that, uh, you know, he says, all is not lost yet, but it's it's getting late. And uh, then Bob Nightingale, that was from Bob Nightingale. And Bob Nightingale then, then retweet, uh, tweeted out again saying that he has faith, tweeting uh, about how Steve Cohen has faith still in Buck Walter and Billy Epler for the rest of the season. Now, I got I to gotta rephrase that again, that Buck Walter and Billy Epler have their jobs for the season. Whether after the season, that's still not determined. So that should speak volumes. But then again, who knows? And the last thing I want to say before he moved on is that uh, two two things is that he has taken responsibility because he says, I'll take responsibility. I'm the owner. And Steve Cohen didn't say that if massive improvements aren't made before August 1st, then they will, you know, m- moves will have to be made. And what that obviously what that means is that players will have to be tra- instead of adding pieces, players will have to be shipped away. So, um, those are the thoughts from Steve Cohen's press conference, and uh, it's cool to know because obviously the team is in a bad spot right now. So I think it's good that you know Steve Cohen, in light of all the fire, like you never saw this from the Wolpons. Wolpons never came out on, on the podium and just talked about the season, not to, not necessarily taking the blame, but just saying like, hey, this isn't what's going on right now, but we won't get it fixed. He's kind of honestly, he's kind of thinking how we're feeling. Like, if yeah. things aren't getting right, you know, yeah, he's kind of thinking for the fans aspect too. And, you know, that goes on to the Steve Cohen. Uh, do you guys honestly, do you guys want anything to add before we move on? Yeah. I'm just looking at their schedule right now, man. It's brutal. Until August 1st, it's brutal. Yeah. Two more against, them, uh, against the Brewers. They're split so far, one and one. Three games against the Giants, three against the Diamondbacks. That's on the road. On the road in San Diego, three against the Padres. Then after the All Star break, 
Hold on, I just had it. Welcome back to a homestand against the Angel uh, against the uh, Dodgers. I want to get tickets to that. By the way, oh, it's on my birthday. There you uh, go. When, wait, when's that? Um, July fourteenth through sixteenth. The first series after the All Star break. Tough team. The White Sox. Yeah. That's a winnable series, but sweeps are hard to come by. Three yeah. against Boston. Two against New York. The Yankees, obviously. Four against the Nationals. And then August 1st, a three-game set against the Royals. So their schedule is so backloaded. Yeah. Because after that, it's like the Orioles against three, then it's the Cubs, then it's the Braves, tough, obviously. Then it's the Pirates, you can beat them. Then it's four against the Cardinals, three more against the Braves, three against the Angels, further down, two against the Nationals. Three against Minnesota, three against Cincinnati. That is not an easy schedule, man. No, not by any means. And I said this earlier. I said it. Uh, I don't know what episode. Maybe our first one. Or maybe it was on my college radio show. I forget sometimes. <laughs> I said, if you look at a lot of the teams they've been losing to, they're losing the, the games they had to win. Exactly. I remember you saying That's that. Good. I think it was on here, yeah. It's but, a tough um... spot. And I, I, but just to... Maybe I'm going to zag here for, and I'm not a Met fan, so maybe this is going to be offensive to some of you. I wouldn't want to fire Buck Showalter. This is why the Mets have been in this predicament for what since 1988, right? That was their last like real, to be honest, their real championship shot was against the Dodgers in '88, and then they lost obviously. But like, just a all right. This manager is underperforming. We'll get rid of him. We'll get rid of the front office guys. We'll do this. We'll do that. Just kind of overcorrecting things and not letting it stay its course. And that's as a general manager, or as an owner, or as a team manager, it's hard to judge when to play and when to fold. Yeah, and that's what's happened with um. That's you know, and, and not to bring up basketball, for instance, but the Knicks, like every one or two years, they're always changing out head coaches. And to me, it's like. When you don't when you don't stay a course with the co- you know the coach that you put in place to develop and you know set a culture you know it takes time and obviously the Mets have you know they're in and out with those managers and it's dysfunctional as it gets you know but I mean I'm not looking to fire Buck Showalter it just hasn't worked out maybe the Edwin Diaz thing did really hurt them and I, we've said I've, we said it a bu- I've said it a bunch of times in the show that the Edwin Diaz thing but um you know let's shift back to the Yankees before we have to move on again. <laughs> Uh, Anthony Volpe. Yeah, no, I just want to say one thing um, with regards yeah. to Colin about what he said. You know, I love that. I love how vocal he is with the organization. Uh, definitely jealous uh, <laughs> having him as an owner, man. He's sick, dude. But what I'm thinking is, man, you know, like thank you, I appreciate it. That's the one nice uh, thing you've said so far. But yeah, no, hey, hey, real, real, recognize real, man. So Cohen's a beast. And what I'm getting to is here, you know, let's say if the Mets don't figure it out by the deadline, right? Scherzer's gone, Verlander's gone, whatever. You know, they they load up on pitching prospects, whatever they need, you know, bolster up the farm system. You know, Cohen's a beast, man. Maybe opens up the books for Otani next year. I mean, it could be a blessing in disguise. I mean, I don't know. He he could open up some money. Could be an uh, interesting uh, offseason next for, for the Mets. They could be right back into it, you know. Could be a blessing in disguise for him. That's such a tough gamble, man. 
It is. I don't know how he feels now, but when he was first coming out of Japan, he said he didn't want to play on the East Coast. He wanted to stay on the West Coast. Yeah, I don't think he, he's not going to come here. As if real recognizes no, no. real, I don't think he's going to come to New York. You know, huh? whether it's the Yankees or the Mets, uh, he wants to be West Coast, where people back home f- from Japan they they could watch him play. I think that I think that's what he most desires most, and and you know, no matter how much money you could throw at him, I think that's he's always going to think for his family first. I hope so. I mean, but hey, I'm not him. Everyone's got a price, man. We'll say. Yeah. Co- yeah. Co- Cohen's a beast, man. I don't know this guy. I don't know. He gives me like Marvel, like super villain vibes, dude. Like, like Norman Osborn. Like this guy is just gonna like just throw all the money and just like richer make... than rich. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, I, I I do remember him saying about the West Coast. So I just hope it's not the Dodgers. That'll just be so played out. But we'll see. I hope it sticks with the Angels. But we'll see how they do. Finish out the season. Yeah. You want yeah. to talk about Volpe, Brandon? Yeah. I mean. Volpe uh, starting to make – I feel like he's starting to make an impact in the majors now. I mean, I've, I'm not saying I'm not a Volpe hater, but there's been a lot of hype with Volpe. But a former teammate ha- you know, from the minors has told him to adjust his swing. And now stats have shown. I know you guys can pull – I know Dennis uh, has the stats to prove it, that he has improved within the majors. Now, uh, tell me, is – you know, it's interesting – yeah, yeah, first off, his, who, who was the teammate? Over his last 12 games, after speaking to his former minor league teammate catcher and superstar prospect for the Yankees, Austin Wells, to adjust his swing. That's what he told him over dinner. Adjust your swing. Almost an intervention in a restaurant. He's gone 11 for 35, a 314 batting average. One home run, four doubles, six walks. And a nine two nine OPS. The six walks is important because he was pressing a lot at the plate and a lot of strikeouts for Anthony Volpe. Yeah, strong patience at the plate, waiting for your spots, and obviously it's translating to hits as well. Yeah, the the, the kid's the real deal. I mean, you know, Brandon, like you said, a lot of hype. You know, like you know, you're not gonna get cheater numbers from this kid off the get go. That's just not gonna happen. But like, yeah, you look at his minor league stats, man. Right, I mean, look. Right. Kid hit 294 last year in single A and 50 stolen bases last season, 20 home runs. The kid's got pop. You can definitely hit for average. It's right there. And like you said, you know, he's seen the ball a lot better now. Um, drawing more walks. Look, I mean, dude, the kid's 21. You know, he he's doing it at the major league level. He's going to be sick. And this new swing, I think, has helped him out a lot. He's on pace for like what twenty home runs, thirty stolen bases in his rookie year. This kid's gonna be an an all star before we know it very soon. So good for him, man. The, the, the swing mechanics definitely, definitely improved his approach at the plate. He's got the Dennis, stuff. Dennis, anything you want to add? Or? Uh, no, no, nothing about that. I do have breaking news though. Oh, Dennis. Dennis, we're breaking news here at the Baden and Chad and here at the Eastern Observer. Dennis, what do you got from us when you get the second? Uh, l- yeah, left-handed pitcher Matthew Boyd of the Detroit Tigers shut down for the season with Tommy John surgery. Ooh. That's sad. So 32 years old. Didn't he have that before, too? Uh, he's always had something. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah, I feel like he's always hurt. Sound like a jerk. It's just I feel like I've always seen his name next to IL. Yeah. 12 games in 2020, okay, short season. 
than 15 and 21, 10 last year, only made it to 15 here. Who knows, man? Maybe uh, maybe moving to the bullpen. He's led the league yeah. homers twice. You know, yeah. just, just a thought. That sucks. Yeah, because he had that one monster year, right? It was like 2019. Yeah, like yeah, I mean the ERA is not that good, but yeah, this dude tossed from 238 strikeouts 2019, man. I mean, he was definitely a flamethrower at one point, but yeah, it just sucks. You you don't you don't you don't want to wish that on anybody, man. Blows. Got you, got you. Yeah, no, that's very that's very sad to hear. You know, anytime you always hear a pitcher that's getting Tommy John, it definitely you know definitely breaks the heart of baseball fans because you know it's it's a hard injury, you know. You know, I, I got to say, I've noticed one thing is last year he was on Seattle. He had a 2.79 ERA plus league average is 100, 1.35 ERA. Only 13 innings pitched. All of them were out of the bullpen. This year, 15 games, 15 starts with an ERA of 5.45 and now Tommy John surgery. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, look, maybe, like you said, Let's the throw bullpen. That out there. Bullpen could be the move from the future. Yeah. Less less tax on the arm, you know. Less you know. Gotcha, gotcha. Pressure, yeah. I guess, you know, it's close or relief pitcher, whatever, but still could be a better role for him. All right, all right. Now uh, Alex Manoa keeps digging the hole deeper and deeper than the movie than Shia LaBroff and holes. I uh I've I've heard you know I, I don't know if anyone has heard but um obviously that's why we're here to tell you Alex Mill obviously has been you know sent he's been playing the FCL that's the Florida um, Coastal League yep am I correct with that fellas yep the FCL and uh, he got rocked in the start Dennis can you tell us what happened in his start oh I mean the uh, who's become one of the the biggest enemies of the. New York Yankees over the past couple of years give up 11 runs in 2.2 innings in the Florida Coastal League against the Yankees rookie team. I mean, have we seen a more insane drop-off than this? Cy Young 3, I believe, last year. Third place for Cy- American League Cy Young. And now this guy's getting rocked and by rookies in, in the rookie league, like I mean, I could think of I could think of one, Rick and Keel. That's the only one I could think of. Yeah, later but, came out that he was drunk half the times he started. But, yeah, Jesus, but, sounds like another Trevor Bauer situation. Yeah, well, that was years right. ago, Rick and Keel. Then he turned out to be a great outfielder for like ten years. No, yep. gotcha, gotcha. I, I mean, I I know he's a bigger dude. Maybe it was people. Some people are saying it's the pitch clock that might be affecting. His pitching, but man, dude, getting rocked like that in the rookie league. I mean, that's I don't know. I don't, there's not really much an excuse for that. I mean, dude, you're one of the best pitchers in the league last year. Mm. There's, always, there's always a way to figure it out. I mean, so somehow, but yeah, I was taking a look at his stats from last year, and he had a two point, you know, two point two four year ERA. That's insane. So I mean, when you look at that, I don't—that's biggest drop off ever you can imagine for baseball players it gets. I mean, I don't know, especially the stuff you know, the stuff when it's going on on social media. I mean, that's something on the side, and just you know, but on the field, like it's just 
just hasn't been there. And so I, I don't know, I don't know what could happen, but I mean, you know, it just hasn't been looking good for you know Alex Manoa. Hopefully, he could change that. Um, do you think that this is considered the biggest drop off ever, or what? What player comes? I'm to really mind thinking. Think uh, I'm really. You guys know me how I am with like baseball history. Yeah. Mark oh. Fitterich, but he he was hurt. J.R. Richard, but he I think he got vertigo or something like that. Yeah. Some kind of something up here. He got. I forgot what he had. Some kind of eye problem. J.R. Richard something. But he fell yeah. off drastically. That's the I can only think of guys that had severe injuries that had that kind of drop off. Yeah, um, I mean Madison Bumgarner after that ATV accident, he was bad. They, but this is but Madison Bumgarner was bad, not unplayable. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, it wasn't like he got sent down to the rookie. He was getting rocked down there. He just his whole career kind of went down the toilet. But when it comes to you know being up here one season then the very next being all the way down here god i mean throughout mlb history off the top of my head i i guess this might be the worst and <laughs> at least the me- recent memory i mean I, just, I i think when it comes to with dennis what you got sir look i just wanted to show a little respect to alec manoa and all the guys i just want to show a little respect to alec manoa and all the guys i was just talking about I was laughing at them i got mlb network on so in case there's news or whatever I turned over and they, it said the Mets brought out a dog in between Steve Cohen and Buck Showalter's press conferences, and it's a Twitter feed. It's a it's a black lab. It looks just like the lab I had as a kid. Named Seaver, wearing a little Mets bandana, adorable. It says thank you for joining. I will keep this press conference brief. I'm happy to announce my first ever Mets game will be this Wednesday night. Retweet if you want to meet me for the first time. Let's go Mets. Smiley face emoji. Could be a good luck charm for the Mets. I mean, you know, someone's probably taking a picture of that right now. Post Rats talking. and raccoons has been a bad luck charm for them, so yeah. why not? Talking baseball, <laughs> probably post it. Next thing you know, Mets going on a 16-game win streak, man. You never know. That's, that seems like one of those type of things. You know, I'm a boy, a boy, you know, a 23-year-old man from Seaford, New York, with a Mike Piazza jersey can dream, you know. No. <laughs> you can dream. So uh, Alec Manoa. In terms of him having the biggest drop-off, when I think of a pitcher, I, I, honestly, I could say two pitchers, and I want you guys to hear me out. So Matt Harvey, he went from, you know, su- like dominant, you know, 2012 and then 2013 season. That's a good one. You know, getting Tommy John, and he was out from 2014, and then came out, came back in 2015. That's when he was dominant, had 2.7 ERA. And then the next year, that's where he literally fell off, you know, in the words of Max Kellerman, fell off a cliff. He was never the. He was definitely not the same after that, where he ended up falling out of New York two years later. And this pitcher, I want you guys to hear me out. Hear me out. Jacob Degrom. You can make the argument he kind of had to drop off a bit, a bit. And I'm not trying to shade him, but it's just the injuries have gotten to him just left and right. He tried to come back, like you know, 2021. He was like Tom Seaver or Cy Young, the actual Cy Young pitcher. That was Dom. He had a like at least like a one point seven ERA to begin the year through June, and then I got his jersey for my birthday, and then he went on the IL the next next week and a half. Not saying the buddy Chris is real, but uh, and then obviously the next year he got injured. Two thousand twenty two, he got injured to start the year. He didn't come back till August, and then now look what's happened. He signed with Texas, which good for him, but then now he is out now with Tommy John. He's most likely not going to come back till the beginning of next year. Or into the middle of next year. 
Now, but, yeah, let me hear it. Uh, so continue, Brandon. Oh, Nick, right. no, Nick. I'll, yeah, so I'll, I'm just gonna say it. I mean, the key word, Brandon, you were saying talking about the Grom was injured. Problem of Alec Manoa, no injuries, man. This guy is a healthy. Okay. Well, I want I want to say healthy. I don't know about his diet, but uh, <laughs> I want to say he's healthy. Twenty, what is he? 24, 25 years old. Dude, this kid's supposed to be in his prime, man. Like the Grom, dude. I mean, when he's healthy, you know, he's top three, top five pitcher in the game. I mean, I think I think it's just a hard, tough comparison to compare the Grom to Manoa. Manoa is either just doesn't have the work ethic, pitch clock's messing him up. The Grom, dude, it's just Tommy John, man. The injuries, it's just that's just hard to compare. Like, the, right? It, 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 it's my definitely. Po- my no, no, you're good, man. You're good. It's a take. I get it. But like, it's Degrom is just a hard case, man. Because when he's healthy, this is not even a conversation. Manoa is just, I work ethic. I don't know, dude. It's it's just tough. It's tough. I mean, yeah. I just feel like it's. Dude, I don't know. Dude, I'm working overtime trying to think of somebody, and I just can't. Yeah, I just can't figure it out. I was thinking pre um, closer um, Dennis Eckersley before he went to Chicago and they made him a closer. He went from having a no hitter and being a legitimate ace to a five ERA. Brett Saberhagen from the Royals. I looked at the stats. I was just looking like, man, these aren't as bad as I thought. And then I was thinking the Yankees had a couple of guys in the mid to late 2000s. One of them was Kevin like Brown or, or somebody. Not Kevin Brown. He, he, Kevin Brown had a lot of mileage on his arm. Alec Manoa is a young dude. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But um. Yeah. There's a couple of guys that like would just have like one solid season. This was top five in the in your league pitcher, and that's kind of where it, it falls off. Is it's not often, man. It's not often, and you got to have it up here to get back there. It's tough. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I wish nothing but the best of them. For him, but um, yeah. Same time too. For somebody who talked all that trash, anytime he struck somebody out, he would always try to humiliate the other team. This, that, and the other. I don't think he's gonna get too many sympathy cards. I I actually saw a funny thing. It was both the guys who talked a lot of smack towards Garrett Cole, Alec Window, and Josh Donaldson. Both have been horrible <laughs> since then. I, I found that pretty funny. But yeah, I mean, look. <laughs> Manoa, he's a professional, like, you know, I want to say he's a professional baseball player, but, you know, he's a professional. I wish nothing but the best for him. You know, I hope he gets back until he figures it out. Because, hey, look, despite the, the smack talk, whatever, he he is a great – he was a great pitcher to watch. He was fun to watch last year. So, I hope he does figure it out. But, yeah, I don't know what's up here or what. So, he's got to figure it out. Well, we'll see what happens. But for now, he's going to get rocked by 18-, 19-year-old, um, you know, young <laughs> baseball players in the minors. Not against us. Why pretty funny. So yeah, yeah. Um. So now, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. Let's talk about someone who's been lighting it up now in the in the baseball world. Yes, you know, keep adding on to his MVP season as he has recently made history. Now, which one you could tell me what he has done? I mean, I would love to. It is um one of the wildest first halves of the season I think we've ever seen, and I think this will back it up. Ronald Acuna Jr. is the first player since Ricky Henderson in 1990, third player to do so in total, to have 15 or more home runs 
and 35 or more stolen bases before the All-Star break as the Braves continue their dominance over the National League East. I saw that earlier on MLB Network. So right now, Ronald Acuna Jr. has 17 home runs and 35 stolen bases. The only other two players to do that, Cesar Cedeno from the Astros in 73. He was the first to do it. 16 homers, 35 stolen bags. And then in 74, Cedeno did it again. 19 homers, 36 stolen bases. And then Ricky Henderson did it in 1986. 15 homers, 51 stolen bases before the All-Star break when he was with the Yanks. And then obviously in 1990, Henderson did it again. The man of steel, 17 homers, 39 stolen bags. So that's some elite company. Yeah. You want to talk about a five-tool player? Shoot. Yeah. I mean, that is something. Anytime your name is mentioned with Ricky Henderson, especially in the stolen bases category, you're doing something right, man. I mean, look, in recent years, you know, uh, stolen bases kind of wore it down a little bit. Acuna led the league in stolen bases in 2019 with 37. Led the National League with 37 in 2019. Like you said, Dennis, he's at 35. It's not even the all-star break yet. He's on pace for like, what, 70-plus stolen bases? He's probably going to have, what, over maybe 40, 30, 40 home runs, wild bat in 330, 404 OBP, leading the NL in slugging, OPS, OPS plus, and total bases. I know we had a category talking about AL and NL MVPs later. Clearly my pick, Acuna for NL MVP, dude, in, insane. Finishing the season 40 home runs, 70 stolen bases. That's sick. That's awesome. Great for the game. Yeah, yeah I've seen Ronald Acuna play plenty of times when he was on the Braves. He's still obviously still on the Braves, and he's just dominated. You know, he's not a player that I look at and you know say like like for when the Yankees Red Sox when you think of a player like you know you think of like Pajoya, like you know Ortiz you know, from that rivalry back in the day. You know. Cunha is definitely up there for players when I think of the Mets and the Braves rivalry. Like, because I mean, but I still respect I respect the, his game. It's amazing. He's just dominating left and right. His swing and power, it's insane. I remember watching the Mets play the Braves in a doubleheader this year earlier this year. And he hit a he hit a ball not to the second deck, but the third deck at City Field. And that was insane. So, and I, you know, I remember seeing him, you know, I see him play live, you know, he, he's just an insane player. He's definitely would have my, he would have my NL MVP vote if I, if, if the season were to end today. Um, it's just cool to see the history and definitely the, the increase in stolen bases has definitely helped it, been good to his advantage too. That's for a lot of players. Hey, he's <laughs> yeah. awesome. It's like, it's like what we said about last week, man, with the bigger bases. It's so great for the game. 35 stolen bases. I can't get over that. All right. It's insane. Crazy. I can't get over reading Ricky Henderson at 50. <laughs> yeah, I know. Really? Before the All-Star break, that's insane. Different breed. That guy was just stealing 100. Ricky Man Henderson. Of Steel. That's, what, that's one of my favorite sports nicknames ever. Yeah, Man that's, of Steel. That's a badass nickname. S-T-A-L. Yeah, the Man of Steel. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, I like it. Man, Ricky Henderson was in, he was in the league for a very long time, too. Oh, yeah. He played for everybody. Yeah. Some of the stories about him having the million-dollar check framed and not yep. depositing it. <laughs> He's a beast. He's wild. Love it. I want to meet Absolutely. that guy. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the Reds' attendance now, that is skyrocketed 
compared to where like you know that like to where they are now. That's what Oakland want. That's stuff they wish Oakland wish they had the attendance that they had now. Because in April, I believe it was in April, yeah, like a couple months ago, whatever it was, the attendance was like seven k at least. Fast forwarding to, oh, I just want I just want to check just to make sure because it's been insane. So. When they played the Rays in April, there was 7,300 fans. Now, fast-forwarding to, you know, as, you know, today, it's quadrupled to 43,000. And so good for the Reds. I feel like we obviously know why it has increased. Um, two things. The winning streak and everybody's favorite player right now. Ellie De La Cruz. That's the Ellie De La Cruz effect, man. And I mean, look, not, you know, to give more credit out to the rest of the team. I mean, they're just calling up the kids and the kids are balling. Andrew Abbott, this guy is probably one of my favorite pitchers right now. He, I think he's like, what, a 1.21 year right through his last five games. The Reds is doing it right. They got Votto back, you know, fan favorite, legendary player. He's going to have his number retired out there for the Reds. They're just doing it right, you know. McLean, um, Spencer Steer, yeah, dude. They're calling the kids. They're doing it right. Hunter Green, another beast. Uh, as a Yankee fan, I'm jealous. I'm jealous with the Reds and the Braves. Those two teams just call up the kids. They get it done, and they play fun baseball. Man, it's it's great. How do you think Marlins I? How do you think I feel? <laughs> how do you think? How do you think I feel? Yeah, Dennis, what do you guys say? I mean, attendance in general has gone up. It's gone up 7.5% from last year at this point, if I'm not mistaken. The average attendance, I tried to find it, and I guess I misplaced where I, I left the stat. But um, that's that's just different, bro. That's just different. That's one team to have that kind of impact. They're 7-3 over their last 10. Obviously, they had that huge winning streak. But uh, worst to first. In that division. I mean, that's just insane. And it's not just Ellie De La Cruz, as Nick pointed out. They have a bullpen anchored by Edwin Diaz's little brother, Alexis Diaz. Alexis they Diaz. Got Joey Votto back. Jake Fraley? He's Jake Fraley's awesome. He's Love sick, Jake Fraley. He's sick. And then Matt McClain, my guy, who I voted for the All-Star game, and somehow isn't a finalist. as robbery. But, um, yeah, dude, that team, man. That team. I, I just want to say something real quick. Andrew Abbott, I'm looking at right now. He debuted. He has fifth start. Um, well, he debuted five starts ago, right? He's already third in war on the team with a 1.8. That's insane okay. to me, man. Jesus. Insane. Wow. He's already third on the team in war behind Edwin Diaz's little brother, Alexis Diaz, and TJ Friedel. So yeah, I mean, the Red, Red, no, Reds got the Reds are all right right now. They got they got it going, man. Good for them. Now, where's he come from, Andrew Ab- Abbott? Uh, he's a prospect. Uh, I don't know where he was. Like, he's like, he a pitcher. Right? No, I'm saying yeah. He, he was a prospect, and they called him up and yeah, they called him yeah. up. Yeah, he's, he's like 23 years old. 20. He's 24 years old. He's four and zero. 1.21 ERA. Yeah, 30 strikeouts to 12 walks. He was nice. He was great in the minors last year in double A and single A. 159 Ks, 381 year RA, 
Had a 250 area in the minors this year in Triple I. Okay, could be the real deal, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's unreal. Yeah. <laughs> that's unreal. This is from, from Virginia. 24 year old out there just, just slinging. He's slaying. Red's got a beautiful thing going, man. They got a nice little team there. Yeah. Mm, okay. Okay. So good, good for the Reds, man. They're, they're a team that's on the rise. I remember growing up seeing, obviously, Joy Votto, but Jay Bruce. Yeah. On the team because, you know, they were in the playoffs a decent amount back Top then. Up. I remember the Chapman first team I Johnny Cueto, Brett Phillips. The, the first team I saw at like in baseball, like my first ever Met game I went to, it was against the Reds. Really? Yeah. Nah. So, uh, definitely uh, good to see them. Good to see them on the rise. And the L.A. De La Cruz effect is real. They got... And that goes to show, like, why the Mets need to replenish their farm system and just get young talent because you never know they could be studs. And and if, the Bra- just- if they're if they're good and young, you could be like the Reds and have such a cheap payroll. Your third highest player is Ken Griffey Jr. And you're still <laughs> that's, that's I'm not making that up. No, I know. I, I, that I, up. I did see and that. And still be first place in your division. So if they you want to talk about teams that if that want to be buyers, yeah, sure is it to the Reds? <laughs> But um, hey, you never know. Why not? Yeah, right. But the craziest yeah. thing is, why not? Their pitching's been the only weakness on that team. Is the starting pitching. And then look, look at the Braves. You know, they won a World Series. They called up all their guys. You know, Michael Harris, Acuna, a couple, way a couple years ago. Uh, Austin Riley, Spencer Strider. It's working out for them. You know, they're running. Yeah, those are all young pieces. Those are young pieces. You know, you build. You build young. You can't. You can't buy a championship. You got to build it young. I mean, I don't know. That, that's another take for another day. But, I mean, if the Mets are going to spend the money, though, they got to spend it on the right players. Not, the, not You can't spend it on the washed retirement home players. you got to go spend it on the guys fresh out of college looking for a job in the open market, you know, ready-to-network type players. Or if I went on a little tangent there. I mean. I followed, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I think. Because like, I'm, I'm just saying, look, they gotta spe- they gotta build the farm system with the young players. I'm saying that, like, because yeah, you guys just said it, you know, like yeah. why why are we spending on like 39, 38 year old players who are ready to retire and you know, this season has especially with how wild it is with the teams that are kind of meddling or whatnot has highlighted what I've been saying for I turned twenty three in a couple of weeks, so I guess twenty almost twenty three years. Which is why can't you trade amateur draft picks in Major League Baseball? I'll never understand it. Yeah. You can trade the Rule Five picks. I think you could trade some of the international stuff, but the amateur draft picks. Because then, if you're the Mets, you can you could just sell Scherzer or somebody for draft picks. Get the money yep. off the books. Hey, here's a Hall of Famer. It hasn't been that bad this season. Nope. I, I, I mean, I just I don't get. But anyways, um, before we move on to boys talk, um, Shohei Otani, he keeps on making history. Dennis, you want, I guess, uh, I guess Dennis has more on that. He can tell. That's us. my boy. That's my <laughs> guy, Otani. Love that dude. Ten strikeouts, two home runs in one game. Sixth, sixth player to do that since nineteen hundred. Fellas. Is he the greatest player we've ever seen? 
Wow, that's very uh that's a that's a big take itself right there, Dennis. All right, big I'll question. start it. I'll yeah, start, start it off. Start it. Um go I'm ahead. taking this as a very literal literal question. There we go, nailed it. Start watching baseball in around 06-ish, 07-ish. I'm gonna say yes. I haven't seen a player like this, man. Unreal. I'm so glad I got to see him play in person twice. One in Miami, obviously, WBC finals. Actually, three times. Semifinals and finals. And then earlier this year, I went to Yankee Stadium for a little Angels, 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 Yankees, little dust up down there. Did, did, did you go to the game where Judge robbed the Otani home run? Was that what no, going on? No. Okay. One, this is, I guess, what it's known for, sadly. The one where Logan O'Hoppy got hurt. Oh, uh, okay. That's a bad one. Gotcha. Yankees won. The Yankees blew their doors off. Yeah. Ugly game. But, um, yeah, to add on to your point, Dennis, I mean, I know I'm a little older than you guys. I started watching baseball like 04, 05. So I kind of caught like the M- the last of the MVP years from Bonds. And I think just being in a category alone with Bonds, like in my tier list, is, is insane in itself. And I didn't really watch Bonds in 01 or his Pirates days or whatever. But man, the fact that Otani could possibly do what Bonds did. But then add some like, I don't know. First pitch came out was Garrett Cole. Add some Garrett Cole stuff to it, throwing ten Ks and God, Dennis, I might have to agree, man. I think Otani is the greatest player I have ever watched in my lifetime. I mean, because it's just unfair. I mean, you got two players in one. You got you got an SP one and a slugging DH. It's 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 numbers video games can't even do, man. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, well, I know I'm not Dennis, but um, I have to, you know, I have to say that, you know, it it would be a big discredit if we didn't recognize as much greatness as Shohei has been displaying, which is not something that you know a lot of MLB players we've watched growing up haven't done. You know, like we've seen a lot of great players over the years. You know, Shohei is definitely way up top there of that list of greatest players that we've ever seen. Is it's you know it it only keeps getting better. You know. Um, you know, another guy that comes to my mind real quick. Sorry, back like I mean, still is, but like even like back like 2014, 2015, 2016, Mike Trout, man, dude. I remember just watching this guy's highlight reel. That's the thing with Trout, man. His glove, dude, his his glove is so like you know, obviously, everyone knows he's got a great glove, he's one of those gold gloves, but dude, like this guy was just in home runs, robbing home runs, man. Trout. Trout back in the day, dude. That he's up there as well. I just want to show some love for Mike Trout, Otani's teammate, right there. I go back a little further. Manny Ramirez. Yeah, Manny. Manny dude, had man. a stretch, and you know who else? I get gets no love because an injury, because of injuries and whatnot. Dude, there is a period of time. I tell this to some of my friends that are younger than me that follow baseball. Dude, there was a period of time where stepping up to the plate with runners on and Ryan Howard at the plate, fear of God. Ryan Howard, That dude, in a league where at that time home runs started to dip, he was hitting like 50 a season. Yeah, he was a beast. Real. And they weren't just, you know, like he was on the Phillies, so they don't have the short porch like Yankee Stadium. Those were howitzer cannon fire shots. Yeah. Every single homer. Ryan Howard always has a special place in my heart, man. That dude 
I'll never forget seeing I was in the gym on the elliptical watching that game against the Cardinals in the uh, 11 playoffs or 13 playoffs, one of them. And he was running out first base last out of the series and he tore his leg and was never the same. Yeah. Never nah. the same. And the second they said he tore his ACL, I just had a feeling. I was like, that's it. That was and then the shift came in and it, he was never the same. If the shift was banned, if he played now, Ryan Howard, forget it. Forget, forget it. it, bro. Forget about it. God. You know, I always wanted to say Ryan Howard in the 2019 juiced ball season. Oh, oh my god! I I think I think he's crushing 60, 70 easily, hands down. And dude, like so? I'm look, I think so, hands down. Dude, from 05 to 2010, five year span, 251 home runs for Ryan Howard. Wild band 280 Fastest man. Player to do so. Fastest player to do so. Dude, yeah, dude. Guy used to bat, you know, 300, 280. Yeah, he, he had mad respectable bat averages. You know, I think people. A lot of people just remember the bad times, dude, like 2014, 2016, you know, like. When he got hurt during the playoffs in 2011. Last play of the series. That was kind of the downfall. That was probably the downfall. That was the downfall of the Phillies in the beginning of the 2010s. And not only that, could you imagine having to face a guy with that kind of power and you got Chase Utley and Jimmy Rollins running around on the bases behind you? We don't talk talk about Chase Utley here. <laughs> He's one of my favorite players ever. I don't care. I love hey, Chase. Uh, he, he was fun to watch back in the day, especially back in 09, man. I feel yeah, bad for Mets fans. He screwed you guys over. That was dirty. That was Bush League. That was old school baseball. Not cool. I get it. God dang, was I, he fun to watch. Yeah. He, him, he had a, he single handedly had a rivalry with the Mets. Like, not just the team, it was just him yeah, against the whole nice. organization. I don't know if we'll ever see that again, man. People will say Altuve and whatnot, but I, I don't know. I, aside from Yankees and Dodgers fans, I don't think anybody really cares anymore. Yeah. But um, that was crazy. I remember that play too. Yeah. There's a, like I said, there was a lot with Chase Utley and the Mets. I mean, hey, like I said, respect to the game, respect to the player. But, yeah, I mean, he single-handedly had a rivalry with, with the team. But, look, but anyways, I think let, let's get the boys talk. You know what? Yeah, let's get the boys talk right now. So before we get into MVP and Cy Young talk, we should ask ourselves, what former player from your team do you think would fit well and help these current teams today, like with our Mets? Brandon, I think you should start this one off. Go ahead, Brandon. Point I, I, I want to hear this one. This I really want to hear. Yeah, no, I agree. It's tough. With the Mets, they don't, you know – I can't say they need a need a closer because they have Diaz, but even though he's hurt, so I can't really. If, if say he was, it was the beginning of opening day, all the players were there. I, I would not say a close. I would not ne- definitely never Benitez. <laughs> no, definitely not. Or Jerry's familiar. No, I say, no. I would say I would love to see Tom Seaver on the current Mets team, because Seaver back then was Jacob Degrom plus five, like times five. You know. You know, I just and they they needed they need an ace, even though Scherzer is technically their ace. But like, I just think that he would have definitely helped that rotation stay stable. The bullpen would have been like, say he would have came on during a game. The bullpen would would be less like gassed as it already is. Yeah. Um, if you want to talk, maybe a reliever, maybe John Franco. He was on the team for almost fifteen seasons. You know, they don't need a catcher because they got they don't need 
they don't need Piazza because we got Alvarez and Navarez. You know, maybe if you want to talk outfielders, maybe Dale Strawberry. You know, or yeah. um, you know, Eduardo Alfonso. But then again, they got too many infielders as it is. So I mean, those are really players that come to mind. Um, you know, when I think, I mean, can't really say David Wright. I mean, David Wright I feel like it's too recent. Like, I mean, you could say yeah, it could be anybody. But you know, I mean, he was great when he played for the Mets. How many names? Are you going to name before you say D- Dwight Gooden? That was the first one I thought of. Is who they need is Doc That's Gooden. A go- That's a good one. Right. I mean, when I yeah, I mean, look, the Mets are known for their pitching. They've had David Cohn, they've had Al Leiter, Dwight Gooden. Yeah, he would be my second option. He would be my second option. Nothing against Dwight Gooden, but like I said, nothing beats Tom Seaver. I know, right? I know. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not, I'm I'm just I'm that guy. I know. I'm sorry. I'm that guy. But that those are players that come to mind if I would have on the current Mets now, uh, current Mets team. Now I know it's a lot of players from a lot of, Yankees have a lot of history, but you only yeah. choose a few to put on, you know, plug in the team this year. You know, I want I want to hear Dennis first. Dennis, right, so Yankee, do, you know, let me hear it. I'm going to do two different teams because I cover the Phillies. I feel like I kind of have to represent the Phillies and my Yankees, oh. of course. Uh, okay, Yankees. The fact that they don't have a real outfielder right now, aside from Billy McKinney, is a joke. Yeah. So I'll just go to who we were talking about earlier, Ricky Henderson. Why like not? Like Speed at the top of the lineup. The best leadoff hitter ever, bar none. Get him on there. He's a, a one-man offense. Underrated? I think, brother. Because people just think of the stolen bases. 3,000 hits, bro. And he had all some time, pop. All-time leader in runs, pretty sure, right? Yeah. He had some pop. Like that. That would be my number one. If somebody wants to talk me into, I guess, Roger Maris, Mickey Mantle, some of those guys, Joe DiMaggio, obviously. I'm just thinking more of like Ricky Henderson just checks more boxes just because of the speed thing. I hear and If a team that can't score runs, you kind of need somebody that can do it themselves like that. Mick, Mickey Mantle had wheels. Joe DiMaggio had wheels and whatnot. Um, Mickey Mantle, the injury would kind of concern me a bit. Injury history. Yeah. But uh, that's who I'm going to. First base, they always have good first basemen. You have, um, what's his name there? Rizzo. Rizzo. Center field, they've always had good center fielders. Bernie Williams, if you want to go with him. He's fine there. Maybe you want to upgrade from Glaber Torres, go Willie Randolph or Robinson Cano. I feel like I have a pretty hot take for the Yankees for one. Robinson Cano is a good one. Um, But yeah, my my number one is Ricky on that. I I like that pick. That's a great pick. For the Phillies, I I was talking to I was just talking about him. You can't be shocked. Ryan Howard. They don't have a real first baseman right now. I was thinking maybe Doc Holliday or Steve Carlton. Uh, Steve Carlton. I think Robin Roberts was on there for a while. They've had guys. Third base, Alec Baum. Obviously, he's not better than Mike Schmidt. I know, hard to believe. But you have somebody who's serviceable. Cody Clemens and Edmundo Sosa and Alec Baum just kind of – BS their way through playing first base at times. Get a real first baseman in there who could just hit nukes. Yeah. I mean, like that, dude. I'm gonna after this, I'm just letting you guys know I'm gonna watch some Ryan Howard highlights. Awesome. Go Love ahead. It. Go ahead. I uh, I I like the picks, Dennis. I think they're different. They're not like the common, you know, not as common as mine. Like or just regular type picks everybody would play. They're different. You know? Your team needs starting pitching right now. You got a top five starting pitcher ever on your team. 
I, I, I said the top five. I said Tom Seaver. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It's like, well, that's what I mean. Like, it's it's kind of hard to fault you on it. You know, like, I wouldn't have Dwight Gooden. You put Tom Seaver, Dwight Gooden on both of these teams. Imagine if they both played. It, it could have happened, honestly. Tom Seaver could have been on the 86 Mets if he could have. That was he the last year he was in the majors. He played he against the them. That was the last year. Yeah, he was on the Red Sox. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. But, but now, so I like your picks, though. I feel like if you have. I was looking back at it because Casey Steingler, who Casey Stangler, who was the first, right? I said it right. First manager, Casey, Casey Stangle. Casey Stangle, first Mets manager ever. He was a Yankee manager too. He oh yeah, a lot of rings. We had a lot of rings with them too. Oh, yeah. So because I, I was looking back at his stats and like, for me, you know, I would have liked to see what, you know, because I feel like if you guys had to pick a manager, I mean, I should know. Boone is good. I'm just saying, imagine what the old school would have been in today's day and age. Like uh, Casey Stangler, am I wrong? Am I wrong for that, or, or just being curious? You know, it is, but it's like the same caveat when people ask me about like basketball teams then versus now, whatever. Sure, I'll give you the caveat though of let's not just pick them up one day. Let's give them like a year or two to figure out. Like, hey, by the way, everything is different now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like your starting pitcher pitching three hundred innings a season. Yeah, that's not going to fly anymore. Because- no, it's not happening. No. Five innings. You're lucky if you get four. Yeah. No, actually, no, it was six. So then, you're lucky if you get five. Yeah. Back then, it's just like, is your arm falling off yet? All right. I'll see you out there. You know, it's nowadays, it's like these guys are throwing 15 miles an hour more than all your pitchers were back then. And, right. Like, oh, you know, you know, like, oh, they can't go the whole game. You're lucky. If, like, I'll say it again. Lucky if you get six innings at least. That's like, yeah, I know. you know. Um, but Nick, we got to we got to hear from you now. Yeah, so, um, you know, when I made this question, I was kind of like, I've been on a huge Mickey Mantle kick lately, so I've been on a huge Mick kick. I was gonna say him, but you know, Dennis kind of mentioned him. You know, Ricky, Demagio, all these guys, injuries. So I was really thinking about it, you know, Yankees pitching's fine, bullpen's fine, you know, first base is fine, outfield, you know. I'm kind of saying this when everyone's healthy. So, you know, when we got Bader and Judge out there, I'm going to say it, man. Alex Rodriguez, dude. I know he's more third base, man. Third base guy led okay. the league in runs five okay. times in his career. What did the Yankees need? They need runs, dude. I know A-Rod played in a little bit of a different uh, era a little bit. But, hey, man, guy hit 300 like pretty much every other year. Postseason stud in 09. Now he helped us get there in 09. Uh, okay. His 07 season alone, 143 runs, 54 bombs, 156 ribbies. Hate him or love him, man. I, I personally love him. Uh, I don't think that will ever change. But third base is looking a little, uh, like you said, Dennis, the Yankees got rid of Donaldson, man. If we could have prime A-Rod on this Yankees team right now, I would love that. So I'm going with Alex Rodriguez, my boy. That's, that's, that's a good, great yeah. pick. I think that's I didn't a great even pick. think of third base. I didn't think of you know Greg Nettles or even you with know, Josh Donaldson, Dennis. What? <laughs> you, you left over third base, knowing that I Josh just totally Donaldson just was skipped there. over it. Yeah, you I just skipped over. It. Yeah, like totally how I did with Dwight Gooden. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you didn't forget a position existed. <laughs> like, I, just, I just skipped right over. It's like, well, who have they always had? Like catchers, they've never had a bad catcher. All right, well, we're okay. First base, second. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, uh, yeah. left field. Yeah, left field. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I I was pretty sound the Mick. I was. I was like, yeah, my Mick. You know, triple crown winner, total gamer, seven World Series rings. Can't yeah. go wrong. But 
I'm looking at third base, man. Josh Donaldson or Alex pitch. Rodriguez. It's like Billy McKinney or Mickey Vandal, you know? So I'm like, all right, you know what? Alex Rodriguez. Oh, gotcha, man. gotcha. I mean, right. with the Yankees, like, you can't go wrong, but it's it's like, who's better, Anthony Rizzo or Lou Gehrig? I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, exactly. But like, at the yeah. same time, too, Rizzo is serviceable. <coughs> Players. Yeah. Aren't. All right. Gotcha, gotcha. You. All right. Now, um, in terms of early MVP candidates, I feel like we already know who we'd vote for AL and NL. I'll let you guys say it. Otani and Acuna. Yeah, I got to agree there. Yeah. Uh, Otani and Acuna. It's not even a question. It's not uh, even Zach, debatable. I got to show respect to the history. Luis Arias batting 400. If yeah, he can okay. keep 400 up for the entire season in today's day and age, he should be a unanimous MVP. He's not going to get it. It's going to be yeah. Acuna. He's going to have the Atlanta job. media mafia behind him with sports, but nobody for, there's what, how many beat writers do the Marlins have? But like, it should be him. This hasn't been done since Ted Williams. It's the last of the few unbreakable records in sports. Tony Gwynn tried, couldn't do it. Ichiro tried, couldn't do it. Pete Rose, couldn't do it. DiMaggio couldn't do it. All these guys couldn't do it. If Luisa Rice gets one of the very few white whales left, not only in baseball, but in North American sports, oh my God, you got to give it to him. It's the same thing like what people were saying with Judge last year. I, I, I feel like you can't you can't give Judge the record last year because of the home runs and not give it to Arias because of batting average. That is 400 for a season. That is insane. The last guy to do it for throughout 60 games was Chipper Jones. Before that was Paul O'Neill in 98. That's a, Just to get through 60 games, we're way past that. Once at the All-Star break, he's hitting over 400. Yeah, Damn. I mean, I, I, I definitely see where you're coming from because that is a good take with Judge. I never thought about that, you know, from a historic standpoint. You know, 62, MVP. 400, MVP. I just think it goes to the fact that, like, you know, I mean, Judge's monster year last year, you know, well, he led the league in runs, home runs, RBIs, second bad average to Arias, but uh, funny enough, you know. Uh, I'm definitely not against Arias getting the MVP if he hits 400 for sure. Because what was Ted Williams? 421, right? In 41? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, if he beats that, then I'm like, okay. Uh, I'm with it, sure. You know, it's 400, 401, or something, 402. I'm not against it, especially the Marlins become first, get first place, get a nice playoff run going. Not against it. Not against it, man. That's a good take right there. Yeah, it's, it's not ridiculous. Just, it's not ridiculous to say that, no. I want to be clear. If Acuna keeps it up and arises at 399, Acuna. Just, oh, yeah, 100%. It's that 400 mark. That is – I mean, you guys know – I. this episode's made abundantly clear. I'm a space – a base, baseball – a baseball <laughs> – history junkie it's like Cy Young's wins we're never going to see that touched modern game we're never going to see Cal Ripken's game streak Ricky stolen bases Ricky stolen bases never going to get touched this is one of the last few that's actually feasible to get there yeah he's he's making a run for it yeah you know I've seen a lot of records I saw Judge a lot last year you know I mean as a Met fan you know I went to a lot of all different baseball games I saw you know we saw Judge a lot and like you know, I saw one of his home runs. So because he ch- chased, you know, the AL home run record, it was really cool to watch. 
because it's not, you know, it's common. We don't see, it's not very common. We see uh, 60 home runs in a season, you know? Um, but yeah, I definitely got to say Acuna and um, obviously Otani, just what they're doing for the game of baseball. It's insane. It's remarkable. Definitely players, I think, that are well deserving and should be anonymous. I w- or, if, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Arias, you know, beats Acuna. It could happen because the chase for 400, it's, it's insane. I know they don't have the same exact stats, but still, I mean, you know, it's tough. So, uh, you know what? I wouldn't say NL is anonymous yet. But if Arias, what if Arias wasn't ha- having this insane year, then Acuna would have it, not you know, without a doubt. If am I correct? Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think Acuna's got it pretty much locked down as of right now. I mean, like, I know Corbin Carroll was in the discussion of that, but I think Acuna kind of really blows him out of the water. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, besides Arias, the four hundred, I I can't think of anyone more worthy than NL right now than Acuna. Got and you, got you. Just one last thing. I know everybody's going to point to no shift for Arias, but the bags are bigger for Acuna. And if he had 17 homers and 20 stolen bases at this point in the season, it'd be awesome. But we, but we'd be feeling the same way. Probably not. Yeah. So. Mm, all right, all right. Um, now, who would you guys vote for, Cy Young? Colin Perez, an all Miami thing, I guess today. Dude, Yuri Perez right now is insane. Cy Young and El Cy Young? This dude's insane. Rookie of the year and Cy Young. This dude's wow. Insane. Rookie of the Dude. year, I definitely see. I might have to disagree on the Cy Young take. I mean, look, I mean, he still has a lot of innings left to pitch. But honestly, after seeing the numbers just recently, I might go Clayton Kershaw, dude. Uh, oh, I Kers- love Kershaw. I haven't been. Yeah, I, I might. I might be going clean Kershaw as of right now. I know Strowman's having a monster year, but dude, Kershaw, I think he's what top three in ERA, best whip in the NL. Ten and four leads the NL and wins. Not that it's really an indicator if, if you're a good pitcher or not. One hundred and five strikeouts, only twenty four walks in ninety five innings pitch. This is classic Kershaw right here, man. I mean, Dodgers a solid team. I think he got my vote right now. Yeah. I just want to be clear. Yuri Perez has done in half the innings, half the innings, but a 1.34 ERA in nine starts with 10.3 strikeouts per nine and is the youngest player since 1901 with three straight scoreless outings of six-plus innings. Wow. If if he keeps it up at this rate to the end of the season, uh, yeah, he's probably got my vote too for sure. But Kershaw's sample size-wise, I'm going Kershaw. But, I mean, Yuri Perez, I love this kid since the minor leagues. I think he's the real deal. So, I think he's going to post close to those numbers. So, he's going to be he's gonna be making a case for Cy Young this year for sure. And then for the That's AL, good. Garrett Cole. If Garrett Cole was on the Yankees, and um, bias aside, homerism aside, if Garrett Cole was on the Yankees, woof. <laughs> this this Yankees team could be probably being fifth place in the AL East and not even sniffing uh, a wild card spot. Yeah, I just want to show a little bit of love to Garrett Cole. He got robbed in 2019. Rob, he got robbed. People don't, you know, you just said the thing about wins. Yeah, but when you have a lot more wins than your teammate who did win the award, I think it means something. Exactly, and dude, thought. 
he he won the ERA title for the American League and the strikeout title. So I mean, like, come on, that's so stupid. That he I know, I know, Verlander had a great year, fantastic year, but dude, Cole was out of that world that year. Should should have won a Cy Young. I agree with that. Unreal. Every single game he was breaking some record. Yeah, dude, it was insane. That summer was insane for Garrett Cole. Mm. Brandon, your take. I like Cole. But I feel like uh, Valdez in Houston definitely has a good shot too. He's definitely in consideration. He destroyed the Mets single handedly. It's a killer. One of my Kershaw. Kershaw's not a bad pick. But we'll see. It's definitely a lot to you know, definitely a lot to see. Still gotta watch the rest of baseball to, to make more of a discussion for that. But uh, that's all I gotta say right now. Is there anything else before we wrap up? No, I think uh, I think I got everything, man. I think I'm good, sir. Okay, okay. All right, all right. So uh, be sure to check out our revamped website, theeasternobserver.com, for the latest news in the world of baseball and so much more. We thank you for joining us on another edition of Batten and Chatting for my co-host Nicholas File and Dennis Tui and the entire Black Jack Media Group's team. I'm Brandon Natale saying so long, and we'll see you next time here on the Eastern Observer. See you later, everybody. Goodbye.